peaceful. That was that was lovely. I needed that. I had a funny morning. <laughs> I woke up really early, as I think most of us have been, as our body clock made the shift long before the clock did last night. But um, I was actually feeling a little bit spoilt that that I get to come here this morning and, and be with all of you. And it starts at 10.30, so um, instead of racing down to Ballina for 9.30. And um, oh, it was leisurely and lovely. I had lots of time with God. And anyway, I went and jumped in the car to, to come up here all excited and my car wouldn't start. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh no. So my keys had been left on by a child that will, shall remain nameless. Um, on the accessory setting overnight, charging... Well, I don't think there was even anything charging anymore, but the charger was still plugged in. And Anyway, the, instead of a nice vroom-vroom, I got a kick So um, I think, oh, no. <laughs> so I was thinking, what am I going to do? So anyway, I, I thought, oh, great. My, my stepdad, because I'm staying at my parents' place at the moment while we're just finishing building our house, and uh, his work truck was there. So I thought... Great. So I tore upstairs and found the keys to that and, and I got in and <laughs> there's this tray back ute that I'm in today with hog 007 number plates. But, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. But it gets funnier because I'm there and I'm trying, I wasn't really blessed with great long legs or great long feet at the end of those legs. So I'm trying so hard to press the clutch in. It wasn't really happening. So I'm trying really hard to pull this stupid bench seat forward. That wasn't happening either, so I don't know what happened. It wouldn't move for me except one little half click. Might get you to look at it, Patrick, before I drive back home, because because <laughs> I'm driving up here then with my I'm sort of balanced on the front of the seat, and so I thought maybe if I get the back of the seat to tip forward, so at least I've got something to lean on. But I couldn't find anything in there for it to do anything like that. So I'm just teetering, so leaning with my toe and leaning. <laughs> As I passed the great big police blockade at Bexhill, <laughs> they didn't pull me over because I thought, oh, this is going to be hilarious. But um, thankfully, I sailed through and managed to bunny hop only a few times as I came up and, and got here just on time. So I, I walked in still sort of giggling at my little adventure where I had so much time and then I was thinking, oh my gosh, but praise God, we're here, we're safe. The car is even parked in the right spot and I didn't go up the curb or anything from bunny hopping. So <laughs> so here we are. So I needed that little prayer and little moment in worship to relax and shake it off. So if anyone else had fun getting here this morning, especially those of you with little kids, and I just honour you for being here and being on time. And It's always a journey and it's always fun, but... It's so worth it to just get here and get positioned. And I even uh, passed Deanna as she was waiting to get onto the main road this morning. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've had an interesting week this week, just preparing for today and um, sort of seeking God. And I did a little bit of travelling this week. And I started my week by ducking down to Bendigo in Victoria and having a little visit down there for a couple of days and. Um, reuniting with my hubby who's down there working and has been away for a few weeks so that was good fun and then I spent the second half of my week up in Maryborough in Queensland so um, sort of scooted here there and everywhere but um, God still speaks even when we're busy it's nice just to stop and be still and listen to what the Spirit's saying 
And uh, unfortunately, as well as fantastic reunions and good fun, and I visited my daughter in Maryborough, that's why I went up there and, and saw her new little house that she's living in, and that was beautiful. But I also had some other people to connect with when I was up there. And who knows, sometimes in relationships, things aren't always rosy. <laughs> things aren't always peachy or joyous. And uh, this one particular relationship that I've been really trying hard to build nicely now for 25 years really challenged me to my core. And, um, and I really had to get myself aside with God and just pray into what was going on with this aggression that kept coming forward and the, the stonewalling and this sort of, um, sort of cycle that kept playing through. And uh, you know, I tried, tried speaking and, and asking questions of this particular person, but I was getting nowhere. And, uh, and it led me on a journey where the, the scripture came into my mind that from Titus 1.15, it says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. And that wasn't a judgment so much as a great big understanding that where there is hurt, where there is rejection, where there's pain, that that can become the, the focus and the mindset that people are looking through all the time. And so even when there's open opportunities and great things that are there, for someone who has that hurt and pain rejection... That's what they're going to find every time. So we jumped in the deep end there, didn't we? <laughs> but it's true, and I just felt God put it on my spirit so heavily that we need to be thinking about our identity and who we are and where we sit and what we look through and what our perception is shaped by. Because that one little encounter that I, I won't go any deeper into it, but... I just thought, there's so many of us that run through our own little cycles in one way or another. And it might not be as, as loud or overt as other people. But every one of us have those, those parts of us in our relationships and the way we do things where we can find that we go around that mountain again. We come around that same roundabout where we find that there's hurt there. Or we find that there's a sabotage that comes in. There's something that just breaks. I think, oh, again? But I feel like the Lord's just wanting to open something up this morning and maybe breathe some fresh life in at who we are in our heart and in our spirit when we sit with Christ and how we can be set free of that same roundabout and cycle of destruction from confusing messages. You know, Job 3.25 says, For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. And I just wonder if sometimes we can walk through life and we can become so focused on things that we're weary of that we end up finding them. You know, the word says, If you seek, you will find. And that refers to finding God, and that is absolute truth. But it actually is true for other things as well. What we focus on, what we look for, 
we will eventually find it. For all of the mummies in the room, you know, when you're pregnant or you find out someone close to you is pregnant, suddenly you look around and say, everyone's pregnant. There's bellies everywhere. They're all over the place because you're looking for it. You're seeing it. My husband at the moment has a newfound passion in cafe racer motorbikes. Oh my gosh, suddenly they're everywhere. (laughs) We were in Bendigo the other day, stopped at the traffic lights and a little one came zooming past us. Actually, we weren't quite stopped yet, but he snuck by in the slow traffic. And then we were stopped at the traffic lights and what's Andrew do? He jumps out at the red light, runs forward. He's driving, thank you. (laughs) He runs forward a couple of cars just to take a photo of this beautiful bike that caught his eye. (laughs) like you're mad he runs and jumps back in he's like i got it showing me the photo (laughs) but suddenly those bikes are everywhere because he's looking for them he's attuned to it and he's seeing it and that's (laughs) it was a crazy moment i'm like you lost it but um but we can do that with all sorts of things and what started me on this journey with god was was looking at that big fat red button of rejection and hurt that this person I was dealing with kept looking for and so creating it. It became self-fulfilling prophecy because she was waiting to find rejection and so found it everywhere. And I have to say, all of us on some level have that emotional journey. As I said, all of us have some level of insecurity those little words, those little things that just keep playing in the back of our mind. Am I a good enough father? I know many men ask that. Am I a good enough wife? Am I good at my job? Can I do this role? Can I raise my kids? There's so many questions that just keep coming up and playing in our minds. But it's what we do with them those little things that want to come across our mind and and flit through our heart. So if we feed them and look at them and focus through them, or if we bring them back and put them in the context of truth, reality, who you really are. I've got a couple of examples that I was sort of thinking about as I looked into it, and I thought of Saul in the Old Testament. Thank you. And Saul was Israel's first king. He was a man that the Bible says was very handsome, more handsome than all the other men. It says that he stood head and shoulders above all the other men. He was obviously quite bright and clever when he went out with his friend donkey searching and uh, he was ingenuitive. He was chosen by God. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, lovely. Saul was set apart by Samuel as the first king. He was spoken over with the word of God. He was anointed with oil. And it says that in that moment when he... Was, was spoken over and the Spirit of God came upon him that he was transformed. It says that he was no longer like he was before and that people who had known him would, were just marveled at how different he was and couldn't believe it that he was now being counted amongst one of the prophets. 
that he was going up to the high places and prophesying and moving in God. He was completely touched by the Spirit of God. But Saul was a man who was plagued with insecurity. Saul, when, when Samuel came and spoke to him, he, he said, no, he said, I'm from the least of the tribes and my family is the least in our tribe. You've got it wrong. He didn't want it. He couldn't get it in his head that God would choose him and call him forward. When it came his day that Samuel was going to actually announce him to the people, his coronation, if you like, Samuel looked around to find Saul and he was hiding. (laughs) His insecurity was sitting on his heart. Now, he'd already been touched by God. He'd already prophesied. He'd already been transformed. But that thing in him kept wanting to rob him and pull him back and squash him back down. And so where was Saul? He was hiding amongst the equipment. He needed to be called out again, set up again, spoken over again. It continued as a pattern in his life. Because we know that in his time when he did take on the kingship and he had incredible victories and the armies of Israel were conquering and doing fantastic things at taking and establishing their ground, that still that tormenting spirit would come around him. And he didn't know and wasn't equipped with how to put that in its place. To go back to the word of God that was spoken over him and to find rest in it. He didn't know how to find security there and so that torment rose. And David was called in and would worship before him and and play on the harp and he would find some peace. But still he didn't know how to put that torment and insecurity to rest. And so instead of letting it go and be washed and completely transformed by the word of God that was spoken over him, he drilled into that and it became a murderous spirit within him and robbed him completely of his kingship. Because instead of focusing on God and the exploits, he started infighting in his family. He started looking to kill David. His jealousy was aroused from his insecurity. He was completely sabotaged in his own household. (sighs) Sorry I jumped in the deep end there. But I do feel like God wants to just stir us up and get real with with those little robbing things that want to come around us. Because every single person has it. And, And you don't just step out of that and away from that and you never deal with it again. It keeps wanting to pop up because the, the enemy is not clever in his thinking in that he's not new. He doesn't have new devices all the time. He just keeps pulling out that same old chestnut. He says, oh, you've got a weak spot there. Let me test it. He'll just give it a little poke. 
You've got an insecurity there. Let me test it. He'll try so hard to pull you back to where you were before. Try really hard just to, to say, oh, that, <laughs> that ground beneath your feet's not solid. Come kick it a little bit. Get you all off balance, off focus. Make you lose your, your security and your confidence. Because when you lose your security and your confidence of looking at the word of God and who he is and who he says you are, then you start looking around and wondering and you've sort of become a bit useless in your calling, in your positions. And as I said, it doesn't stop and so it's something we need to be continually mindful of. And it becomes less effective you know, there are victories. It's not like the vic- you, you can get victory over it, but you just have to re- learn to recognize it quickly and just put it in its place. Now, I remember when I first was invited to go on a leadership um, training thing with Pastors Jim and Venice and was emerging leaders, and I'd been in the church for a, a few years, and, oh, my gosh, I was so honored. <laughs> but I was so darn terrified. <laughs> I thought, oh, gosh. Every insecurity in me just wanted to scream. And I, I came this close to saying, I'm sorry, I can't go. Because I thought, oh, they're going to figure out I'm just me. <laughs> they're going to learn I'm just a normal girl with ups and downs and haven't got everything all worked out. And I had to press so hard in that, particularly that last week, Leading up to it, it was a, a week in Sydney, so they're really going to see me and, um, and hear me. And I found strength in that scripture that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I pressed into it. And I still remember, you know, pegging, washing on the line, just saying it to myself over and over again. I can do it. I can do it. It's okay. I can do it because it's Christ who strengthens me. I chewed that scripture to pieces. Every word of it ended up resounding in my heart so strongly that it wasn't about me. It was actually about Christ who strengthens me. It was actually about Christ who wants to do something through me And I just needed to rest and find my place in that. That was the start of the journey. And I've had to press into that scripture quite a few times since then. But not so much anymore about ministry. Because I got that one. It's all about him. And I just have to be a willing vessel. But I still have to conquer it in other things. I still have to to get wrestle and, and put in a place when when it comes up and I think, oh gosh, I'm I'm not doing great at this wife thing. <laughs> you know, last year I really got myself I was a bit sick for a few quite a few months and I really got myself to thinking, gosh, poor Andrew's married a dad. And that thinking came right around me so strongly that I was I was nearly ready just to say, go and be free because you're better off. <laughs> But it's just a lie. It's just the insecurity that wants to come up and and roll over and rob you. When I had to stop and and step back and say, no, it's God that joined us and appointed us and called us and overcome those silly little thinkings that get in there and can take root. And before you know it, if you fertilize those rotten little thoughts, they start to shoot 
And if you keep them growing, they will eventually bear fruit in your life. For better or worse, the little things we let into our heart. If we keep feeding them, they will grow. That's why the word says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Be careful what you let take root in your heart. Because as the journey goes on, you know, we need to be weeding out, recognizing, putting in the, its place those things. I want to contrast Saul with the Saul who became Paul in the New Testament. Because he was an incredible example of an overcomer. <laughs> he was an amazing man that that took it on the chin. I just I take my hat off to this guy. <laughs> he really stood up to so much and would have had so much reason to turn and run with his tail between his legs, except he really got it in his heart that he was called of God and he was not going to quit, he was not going to stop, he was going to keep on marching and keep on finding his place and trust that God was going to work through it wherever he was. Because coming back to that first scripture that I mentioned in Titus, to the pure, all things are pure. There's an understanding that we need to come to in our life that you could substitute that word for a few different things. To the pure, all things are pure. To the righteous, all things are righteous. To the called, all things are called. I'm not changing the word of God, but just to contextualize it, that when your heart is set fully on God, when you've decided that you're going to follow him and you're going to let him work through your life, then you can trust that all things where he leads you, he is working for good. That even when your circumstances look really rubbish, or something isn't going just how you thought it would go. If your eyes are on him, trust him to lead you through there, to work something in the midst of it. That God is in control. He is on the throne. And if we seek him, then he'll work his good pleasure in our midst. Paul was someone who knew that his ap approval didn't come from man. But he rested his heart completely on God. He says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 2-4. to 4, Luke does an awesome job, doesn't he? <laughs> says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God 
who tests our hearts. You know, sometimes things just look really funky, as Jackie said this morning. (laughs) But when our heart is clean before God, we can trust that he's moving. And that's not to say that every everyone's journey when we turn our hearts to God will be always a bed of roses. I think everyone in this room knows that that's not truth, that life is real and life takes twists and turns and up and downs and we have to navigate through a lot of stuff in this world. But when we look at God and just decide that he's for us and we're going on, and we're going to seek his good hand. We can trust it. I, I kind of love this scripture and I thought I'd just throw it in anyway because it makes me feel a little bit better about the stuff when I look back and look on my life and think, gosh, you know, not everything turns out how you, how you want it to all the time. And sometimes we can get really discouraged and we can get to thinking that, um, that we should just sit down and be quiet and say nothing. But then I read this, this list here of Paul's from 2 Corinthians 11. It starts at 22, Luke. <laughs> and I think it's good to just keep on keeping on. Paul writes when he's comparing to other people and what they've done and, and sort of establishing himself a little bit here. He asks, are they Hebrews? Well, so am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? He says, I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. Are you feeling for him? In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils amongst false brethren. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. He's not painting a pretty picture, is he? I'm glad it was spread out over a few years and not (laughs) all at once. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. I'm going to stop there. But he goes on to say that he just is driven really by his deep desire to see the move of God continue to see the gospel preached to see his call and his position on his life continue because he rested wholly in the fact that God had called him that God had raised him up had given him a purpose and he wasn't going to let anything rob him of that (laughs) He finishes that list in there that 
Be teachable. Be soft-hearted to the Lord. Trust him to direct you and let all those things be pure. As I said, all things are pure to those who are pure. In other words, let all things be subject to God. Let him be sovereign in every circumstance. Let him have his way. Philippians 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a bit of a chunk of scripture, but I'm going to read it anyway. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, that's a, that's a real key, absolute truth, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. How easy for it. For us is it to focus on the negatives, to focus on the things that aren't just going right, to focus on the things we're worrying about. And we can dig ourselves right into a hole. But the Lord, uh, the word over and over again tells us on the good things, you know, put your focus on what is good. Put your focus on gratitude. Put your focus on praising him for what's working and trusting him. And if nothing else, if nothing even seems to be going right, just the fact that he's there <laughs> and he loves you and that he'll never leave you and never forsake you, that he holds you in his hand and you will not be taken or snatched from his hand. I think in the season that we're in in the world, and a lot of people are, are speculating over it and, and looking closely at it, one thing definitely is true, that this is a time to know where your hope rests, to know whose hand you rest in. Because things are, are shifting very quickly in the world. <laughs> I sat on, on a plane the other night and I sat next to a girl and she was so buried in this book. Actually, her light wasn't working and so she was leaning over onto her boyfriend's lap and devouring this book and so I was kind of curious I was trying not to be too nosy but I kept peeping over and because it was curious because she was determined she was going to read it by the time she got off the plane the, the end of this book but as she flicked through the chapters and as every chapter was titled you know with a different sickness I thought, that's weird so I was really interested then I kept peeping and um and, you know there was one called anorexia and there was one called um, multiple sclerosis and, and all these. So I was kind of reading on discreetly. And, uh, you know, this whole book, because I thought, she's so interested in it. And then the title of it was Past Lives, Future Hope. And I really just sat and I thought, gosh, she's so seeking. So many people are seeking healing seeking hope, seeking to be set free 
from things that plague them that they can't understand. I just felt the Lord saying if they would just rest in me, he can do it and he will do it. And I don't believe in past lives for the record, but I do believe that there can be generational curses and things that roll down. There can be learned habits and hurts and things as well. There's a whole lot of things. But I can say there is freedom in Christ. He has complete spiritual freedom. He has hope. He has healing. And his amazing love that just washes away those fears and hurts. Titus 3 tells us that when the kindness and the love of God, our Saviour, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life goes on to say this is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly. Affirm constantly that the kindness and love of God has appeared. Affirm constantly that it's not by works of righteousness. You can't earn it. So wherever you've come from is completely irrelevant. If Saul had have got that, It doesn't matter where he came from. It's who he's sent from. It's who you're sent from. You can't earn the love and the mercy of God. He just loves you because. Affirm constantly the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. I love that word regeneration. Completely regenerate. To bring you back to life. For something that has been decayed, if you can regenerate it, you can recreate it whole and new and perfect. And that's what God does in us. And he's given it abundantly and justified us by his grace. Finishing our... and recapping I just feel like the Lord as I was pressing in for today just wanted to wash over you that you are transformed that you are regenerated and renewed that you are called that you are his own special people That he is working all things for good because you are his called. And it is according to his purpose. Which means sometimes it doesn't fit out how we think it should look. But he's there nonetheless. And find that rest. Be willing to call out those rotten little things that keep coming round and robbing you. Be willing to seek healing, to seek counsel, 
when you recognize that there's a pattern that just keeps flowing and rolling over your life be willing to to call it for what it is to break the power of it to find the root of what's going on and sabotaging your forward momentum because you've got to keep going back around that loop again God wants to heal you to set you free to establish you to pour out his blessing on you and his love on you to show you the hope of his calling on your life whatever that looks like and they're all different we're all called to different things that's the beauty of the body but decide this day if I can encourage you that the robbing is going to stop that those old things that want to whisper from your past can be put to rest now and press in to the promise over your life press into the word of God that's been spoken out over your life and if you need help with that get help with it to find the true hope and the true anchor and grab hold with both hands because life is good life is a blessing and every single one of you is called for something unique and it's time for us to take our spots it's time for us to take up those good things to be free to be healed and to be hopeful amen might finish with some prayer thank you Lord Lord I do thank you that you are leading us forward my God Lord that you're wanting your people to stand in strength to be overcomers to be ones that lay hold of your hope and don't let go to see your good hand in everything and in every season I pray that by your spirit now you would show us Lord where insecurity robs us or little lies or little wrong thinking those tiny things that have snuck in on our lives just reveal them Lord show us your truth I pray the light of your love my God would shine into those places where those shadow puppets come to intimidate us to hold us back to make us shrink away just illuminate those places and I pray that you would strengthen your people here today that you would pour out your encouragement and your hope Lord that even though we face trials even though things don't always look how we want them to look, my God. Lord, that you show us the way forward. That we can rest in you. I pray you bless every family represented here today, my God. In Jesus' name.